It's the Bible Rundown, day 102, 1 Samuel 19 through 21. Rob, Saul has gone off the rails. And uh, in this first scene in chapter 19, when he's trying to kill David, we're told he's holding a spear in his hand, but he's not on the battlefield. The battle is within the palace walls, and mm. it's between he and David. He's opposing the Lord's anointed, and this harmful spirit continues to bother him. David's married into the family, right? He has right. Saul's second <clears throat> daughter, Michal, that loves him and, and married him. And then Jonathan, Saul's son, is aligned with David. And it's just causing him to rage against what, right. what God's playing out. What are we to make of, of all these scenes and what kind of stands out to you? Well, I think, <clears throat> you know, the, the true heart of Saul's coming out. Right, mm-hmm. the jealousy, the rage, the anger—these are all the pride. These are all aspects that are anti-gospel, anti-Christ. So this is an anti-Christ figure that we see in Saul—a <clears throat> person that looks at their own life and desires to hate people, to hate or to become jealous for to to not be able to celebrate with. These are all things that are against what Christ actually came to do, which was suffer and die for us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if if Saul was wanting to repent or turn away from his wickedness that's already happened earlier in the chapters, then he would have <clears throat> said, okay, God has determined for this man to be king. I'm going to relinquish my duty and serve him. So this is this is the aspect in the heart attitude that God desires for His people, one of humility and submission. Yeah, I I had a footnote that Psalm fifty nine is related to this chapter, like where Saul's sending people to go spy on him, right, so that he can try and trap him and kill him. Uh, but it's interesting, like the Psalms go back and forth sometimes, right, between like finding God as a refuge, and then asking God to strike out against his enemies. Um, This psalm really is about just resting in the trust of God. So is there a connection that we need to make when we've not sinned against other people and for whatever reason they're coming after us? how How do we maintain hope and peace in God? And I think that that's where Psalm 59 is kind of pointing us like where are we looking for deliverance in the first place right like if we it goes back to i think even what we were talking about with prayer like we need the lord himself to be our portion Mm -hmm. like a lot of times god's not going to change our circumstances overnight Mm -hmm. and god may use that i think like he does in these stages of david's life i'd argue to Set up what will make him a king after God's own heart, knowing the goodness of God in the midst of chaos and trouble really increases our dependence upon him as a good God that's worthy of, of trusting for our salvation. Yeah, and it's, 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 again, foreshadowing to us what will happen to the Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He will not just be given the kingdom. He has to suffer. He has to die to in, to 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 in, uh, usher in the kingdom of God and so the idea is, is that David himself is having to suffer 
and the Psalms is, is relating this to this idea that even in his suffering, he's trusting in the Lord, that the Lord will be his delivery, the Lord will be his salvation. And, and David actually <clears throat> goes through this process as a part of his sanctification and as a part of the Lord um, using this to transform his heart and mind towards himself. So you have this in chapter 20, you have this design in which Jonathan comes up with to to make sure that David knows if it's safe for him to return or to not. And, um, and you know, it turns out that it's not safe for him to return. And uh, so David now is on the run. And we begin David's run here in, in 21 as he enters into the temple and the priest gives him the bread. This is interesting. Jesus will use this later to talk about how um, how how we shouldn't be legalistic towards these pictures of God Himself and how He relates to His people. Yeah, that, I mean, big connection with Jesus there. And then we will see it in the coming chapter what Saul's going to do to the priest. But we've got this character hanging in the shadows. Doeg the Edomite. Talked about the Edomites. Yeah. Good, bad, <clears throat> not good. Well, uh, yeah, not good. Edomite, not good. <laughs> Doug, Doug the Edomite, not good, right? He's with Saul and he's aligning himself with the seed of the serpent. Mm-hmm. So the, the Bible is very clear. Seed of serpent, seed of woman, who will be the Messiah. And you're aligning yourself either against God or for God. And these Doug the Edomite and Saul is lining themselves up against the Lord and his anointed. Therefore, they are seed of the serpent. Um, and, and this is the adversary, Satan himself. And so the, the, the issue is you are either lining yourself up against God or for him. Which one is it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm for him. Good. Okay. Good. Uh, I couldn't tell if you were actually putting me on the spot. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm there, man. I'm I'm with our listeners here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and and then again, for people that want to go a little more in depth in today's reading, uh, when David is brought before uh, the the Achish, the king of Gath, at the end of twenty one, it's this famous account where David changes his behavior before him to to help him escape. So Psalm fifty six is a psalm that David wrote uh, reflecting on his capture by the Philistines when they seized him in Gath. And then Psalm 34 is a psalm that he writes when he talks about, I will bless the Lord at all times. Well, this psalm is all about him changing his behavior. And we've talked about this, like lying to other people rather than being direct. Is David committing a sin by acting as something that he's not. Right. So this is showing his lowest point. Okay. What because you, where's the guess, best guess, guess where Goliath is from? Oh, Gath, right? Yeah, so he's from Gath. So it's it's pointing us to the high okay. of the conquering of, of God, Spirit, indwelling David to conquer the, the giant from Gath to now the low. Mm-hmm. And this is the lowest point in David's in David's life is he's on the run from the king. He's been anointed king. 
he's on the run, like you said, from his wife, from his wife, from his brother Jonathan, and he's now going to the place in which he destroyed Goliath. Mm-hmm. He conquered the giant, and he's humbling himself to look foolish in front of them, just so he doesn't die. Mm. It's really showing the humility of how low he is at this point. And that <clears throat> this is the point in which he will now recruit the lowest of the lows people in order for them to be David's mighty men. And so sometimes God brings us to a low point in our life so that we can relate to others, so we can bring them to the Lord. No, that's good. And just the the Jesus connection, right? This Psalm 34 uh, has in here verse 19, but the centerpiece is verse 20. It says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So again, Jesus will be delivered himself from those that are afflicting him. But here's the key, right? Verse 20, you know what it says? What does it say? He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Amen. And so the reminder for us that Jesus was preserved through the crucifixion. Not a single bone was broken. David's going to be preserved even though he's brought to his lowest point. Why? Because God has chosen him and he is God's man. Yep. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bible Run.